everyone. Hope you're having a good day. Welcome to uh, another Elevation Healthcare podcast. Um, got a special one today. Uh, we are we have brought a new team member onto our team where we can add new service lines. Um, an architect named Richard Beats. Richard, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Good, good. Hey, thanks for taking the time. Wanted to just get on and kind of share a little bit about who you are and your background with all of our listeners and to, to kind of give a little bit more in-depth, a better idea of the new services now that you're on our team. So just for everyone's kind of knowledge, Richard joined us in December. Um, it's been a great asset to our team when uh, Dave and Vaughn and I kind of talked about bringing Richard on board. It was, we just got all excited about it, that he was willing to join us. And so Richard, kind of, if you could just tell us a little bit about your your background and kind of what you do. All right. Well, from a professional perspective, uh, I I am an architect. I have been practicing architecture um, since about 1978. Um, and frankly, I've been doing, I've done just a little bit of everything. There's almost no building type I haven't been involved with at some point. But my practice focus um, really has been on healthcare design and specifically designing facilities and spaces for hospitals. And I, I got involved with that. Um, two things really drove my, my desire to work in healthcare. I, the first time I was asked to work on a hospital, it was for a brand new 60 bed psychiatric hospital. And I, and I was told I was going to be the project manager on it. And I thought, I don't want to do a hospital. It's too complicated and too much thinking. But when I got into it, I realized how much impact the space has on the success of the healthcare treatment um, and, and the satisfaction of the staff and the satisfaction of the, of the patients. And so I really became interested in how to take um, the spaces that we have to have and turn them into spaces that we want them to be. And then a second thing happened when I was actually a patient. <clears throat> I ended up having to uh, go to the emergency room because my, um, my appendix had ruptured. I didn't know that, but um, had to go into emergency surgery and I was so infected that I stayed in the hospital for five days on two different kinds of high dose antibiotics. And it happened to be right before the Christmas uh, holiday, well, right during the Christmas holidays and right before the Christmas day. So I experienced what it was like to have a paucity of staff available. I went for 10 hours one day without seeing nursing staff in a room that was poorly lighted, had a view out the window of the roof next to me. Um, I was uncomfortable a lot of the time. The television choices were limited. The nurse call didn't seem to work. Um, getting up and down to go to the bathroom was a chore, especially by myself with uh, dragging multiple tubes attached to my arms. Mm -hmm. And I came out of there learning that, you know, there are things that could be done very simply to improve the lives of patients while they're in the hospital. And I've tried to use that experience to benefit the design work that I've done um, moving forward from there. And I, and I think that for the most part, that experience has proven to be very helpful in, in moving the needle a little bit on improving patient satisfaction and staff engagement. 
That so was like I, a Merry Christmas for you, huh? Yeah, I got out on Christmas Day. That was quite exciting. Good. <laughs> you haven't shared that with me before. That, that's interesting. So you really had firsthand experience of how you could improve the design of these hospital rooms. Yes. And, and unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I don't know, the hospital I happen to be in, and I don't want to speak disparaging about certain business types, but it happened to be a hospital that was that's run by a for-profit uh, company. And having worked with both for-profit and not-for-profit organizations, the difference in style and in attention is really quite eye-opening. So I, I've added that to my little collection of things when it comes to designing hospitals and hospital spaces and try to use that to benefit that as well. Okay. Can I mention one other thing that's always that I've, that I've discovered over the years or developed over the years? Absolutely. Please share. So, and, and all the years I've done this, one of the things that I felt was really important was to recognize the players that are involved in health healthcare or hospital design. There are four of them in every hospital. And in fact, in every healthcare project, no matter whether it's inpatient, outpatient, clinical, um, acute care, psychiatric care, but there are four players. Obviously, the patient, the person receiving the care, then the caregivers themselves, whether it be the physician, a nurse, a CNA, uh, anesthesiologist, uh, radiology tech, no matter who. And then the third uh, group that's involved is the patient's family play an important part in the success of the patient's recovery. And then the fourth is actually the community within which the hospital or the healthcare organization sits. So it's important to understand how to enhance the experience of the patients and engage the caregivers to increase their satisfaction in their, in their work environment, and then make sure there's plenty of attention to the family and giving them an opportunity to relate with the, to both the caregivers and the patients when they're going through that experience. And then finally, any facility that we design um, needs to reflect both the community as a whole, and then be a positive reflection of that community to the uh, outward community and make sure that it it is something that they can be proud of oh that's great oh, that's all wrapped up and so on in that kind of same spirit then richard with that um that's fantastic that needs to be its own podcast right there how do you go about doing that so you know you're going to take on a client for design like how do you really implement that in the way you go about doing your design for these healthcare facilities well every excuse me, every project, whether it's a healthcare project or somebody's house, starts with a, a, some very simple questions about how they, how the client wants the project to work when it's done. What's important to them? What are the key aspects of success from their perspective? And understanding what it is that drives them and how this facility is going to improve their lives moving forward. So those questions come out in a variety of different ways. Sometimes they're just in casual conversations with the key players. And in a hospital, because there are so many players that are involved with the care of patients and running the facility, 
that it's important to try to understand where those decisions can be made and how soon they can be made within the whole process of design. So design itself is, is a system for getting to an answer. And it involves give and take, answering questions, asking questions, making sure everybody's on the same page and concurrence with the direction. So it's, it's a process that can be very complicated, but if it's broken down into its most simple um, elements, it, it doesn't have to be complicated. And it has points at which you can measure the, the, process, the progress and all of those points need to be taken into account once you get to the opportunity to sit down with pen and paper or, in today's case, uh, some level of computer design and put it all together. So really, your, your design, I mean, really, you can get into it is you're having so much planning really right up front with the owner. And, and in my experience, a lot of what you find is, hey, the owner may want this or that, but it comes down to, well, is that even constructible? Can you do that? And you're focused more a little bit on, you know, does that even work, right? The operations of it, does, does it even meet the codes and works? So that becomes right. a challenge in and of itself, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, with hospital design having so much, or I'm sorry, with hospital organizations having so much attention and so many rules and regulations overseeing every little aspect, it's important to understand what the people providing care have to deal with on a daily basis. And then you overlay that with the facility that also comes under scrutiny from so many different sources that you combine all that together to make sure that, all right, yeah, the building has to meet all of these rules. But on top of that, you've got all these operational and regulatory things that have to be dealt with by the staff that are going to live there. Balancing all those together um, becomes, well, it's one of the challenges of trying to complete a, a hospital design. Staff happiness and staff retention goes is a big part of that, making sure that you're building a facility that they like to work in. Right. That's that's one of the integral parts, you know, that we are so excited about having you become part of the team is that's the way I know you think and the way Vaughn Lambert's think too is more, hey, how does this how's the operations work here? It's you know, it's easy to throw some stuff on paper, but how does it actually work in the real world and the working around stuff? You know, making sure that a sink's not right in the way of the bed and that the doctor can get to the patient and items like that that I guess the layman person just doesn't think about, right? Right, exactly. It's, you know, you can get bogged down in some of that sometimes, and it and it becomes, um, it becomes a headache when you try to figure it all out by yourself. But when you sit down and work it through with the players that are involved, understand what works and what doesn't work from their perspective, and get them to think outside of their day to day uh, experiences. And then you can begin to build on that um, for putting together a new space or putting together a new facility. <clears throat> and I think that's part of that's part of the game as well. Um, playing it right so that you test a lot of different things. Um, and and obviously the timeliness of that becomes a question. And how how can you put this together so that it doesn't disrupt those decision makers? daily lives i mean they have a job and it isn't designing a hospital but yeah. they have to be able to talk to us 
in ways that we can quickly pull as much information out and not disrupt their professional lives as much as we probably well <laughs> I shouldn't say as much as we could but we want to keep that that involvement with them minimized as much as possible to make the best use of their time yeah and that is our ultimate goal here at elevation when we're engaged is exactly that let us come in and make your lives easier kind of run the process we obviously need their input for the operations of things that are going to go here or there but yeah i mean that's that's one thing that we really strive to bring to the table for our clients is by having us on board, by having us as your consultant, your healthcare, that we take a lot of that work and time on your staff and your people because we're organized and we coordinate it with that. And boy, that's a huge part of design and why I've always felt that planning and design phase is the most important part of any construction project. Well, I'm kind of biased that way too. So I knew you would be. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think if you're not successful in, um, in putting it together appropriately, then the construction phase is going to suffer. And in the end, the users are going to suffer. So, And you don't want that. You want everybody to be happy with what they end up with. Sure, there's going to be things that maybe, maybe could have been done better. Or, frankly, because it takes so long to do a hospital from a design through moving in, that sometimes things change. Technology changes, rules change, and there has to be a certain level of um, um, flexibility yes. to recognize when those kinds of things change and how they're going to impact either the facility or the operations. And if the operations are affected, does that affect its facility and vice versa? So it's a constant monitoring of how things are moving forward. Um, over whatever length of time. You know, there are some states where, here in the U.S., where they used to say, if you decide you want to build a hospital plan on 10 years, well, the changes in technology, particularly just even with, across the board, but specifically with things in surgery and uh, technology with imaging equipment, um, those things can change year to year. And after 10 years, you know you're going to be dealing with changes that, you sh that have happened over the course of that time. How do you incorporate those things? That becomes a real tough question. But it's something that has to be monitored and dealt with all the time. Yeah, it's something that you deal with in planning phase. That is a great point. In fact, we're dealing with it right now with the new 2022 FGI guideline codes that are they're going to come out and be implemented. I mean, look at the changes that are just there from 2018. And... You know, owners and most people are not diving into those FGI guidelines and seeing what's the new stuff coming out. And that is the value of you and Vaughn that we can bring to clients is, hey, we've seen what's coming down the pipeline. And yeah, you could do, say, this thing right now, but in a few years, it's going to be obsolete. So maybe mm -hmm. change it go this direction. And I agree with you. That's that's yearly change. And it seems like, especially today with COVID and everything we've been dealing with. Oh, yeah. Well, you never know when something like this pandemic is going to pop up and create a problem for people. I mean, it's just you, you can't predict that. And, and we, you know, we shouldn't be able to predict it. But we've got to be able to address it when it happens in the most effective and efficient manner possible. Yeah. A design can change really quick. 
when something like COVID hits, okay, this doesn't work anymore. People can't be that close together. I mean, no one saw that coming. And we we were able to deal with that on a few of our clients to be able to help them with those really quick and mandatory needed changes right away where most people don't know what they need to do. So yeah, that guidance is invaluable. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, I I think our listeners should have it. A great idea now of the value that you bring. And now we're excited to have you as part of Elevation Healthcare Advisors. And so it really has become a new service line that we now get to reach out to clients and offer. And so, man, it's just great to have you aboard. I appreciate you taking the time today to jump on here with me. Well, thank you. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to to kind of express some of my beliefs and, and thoughts. All right. And for everyone listening, if you have any questions for Richard, particularly any design stuff, you know, please reach out. Our our website is www.elevation-advisors.com. We're happy to help. We we can come out to people's facilities. You know, we, we really do it all. And our goal is really just to improve the, the healthcare area and arena. And so thanks, everyone, for listening. Stay tuned for the next podcast coming up. Appreciate it. Thanks, Richard. Thank you.